This is episode number nine, Revolutionizing Fitness, with fitness entrepreneur and founder of WellFit, Mr. Warren Gendel. Welcome to the Health Before Fitness podcast. I am your host, Sean Nunes, former personal trainer and NFL strength coach turned fitness consultant and lifestyle entrepreneur. Over the last 22 years, I've been on a mission with the intent to discover why most people fail when it comes to their health and fitness. Each week, we share experiences, messages, and science-backed results to help you create a healthy relationship with yourself and your health. Learn how to adopt the health before fitness mindset so you can begin making the right decisions to get the right results once and for all. Once you succeed at one thing, you are more likely to succeed again. A quote by Warren Gendel. Warren is a fitness genius. He was a multi-sport athlete growing up and quickly fell in love with the body. From the way it can move to the way it can look, throughout college, Warren was a personal trainer and fitness director while simultaneously competing and winning in multiple bodybuilding competitions, not to mention all while completing his college degree. Talk about sacrifice, dedication, and focus, right? Warren went on to build multiple fitness business empires, one of which was a youth fitness franchise that turned into 70 locations in 16 states and two countries. He now runs his latest business, WellFit. WellFit is revolutionizing fitness, and he explains exactly how in this episode. He shares all of his secrets, successes, losses, lessons he's learned thus far in life, and I know you're going to get a lot out of this one. I'm excited to share this one with you. Be sure to subscribe to the Help Before Fitness podcast as we have new episodes drop in every single week for you. So now without further ado, let me introduce to you the one, the only, Mr. Warren Gendel. Welcome everybody to the Help Before Fitness podcast. I'm your host, Sean Nunes, and today I have none other than Mr. Warren Gendel, the founder and creator of WellFit. Um, Warren is a very experienced fitness professional, um, bodybuilding competitor, has opened multiple gyms, and uh, is one of my best friends and business colleagues. And so thank you so much, Warren, for being here with me yeah, today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Sean. I appreciate absolutely, it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very excited. I'm really looking forward to the people getting to know you as an individual a little bit better, but then also you know, how you got into fitness and then how you got into the fitness business, because I think there's a lot of people out there that are in the fitness industry that want to take it into the business side of things. But maybe based on some of the things that we talk about today, maybe it will stray them to not want to, or maybe it'll make them want to do it just a little bit more. So I'm curious to find out um, exactly what the people think. So be sure to leave a comment, like this, share this with anybody that you think would love to hear it because it's all about spreading the good word about health and fitness. And so um, let's just go ahead and just dive right into it. So very first thing is, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about your upbringing and just how you kind of got to where you are today. That sounds good. 
<clears throat> excuse me, I'm fighting a little cold, so for, forgive me here. No worries. Um, so I'm 51 years old. Uh, when I was a kid um, growing up, I guess there was two idols that I really, really actually wanted to mentor after the after them. Um, and it was Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jacques Cousteau. And those two individuals, uh, for whatever reason, captivated me. Um, so as a, as a young adolescent, I would go to bookstores and read all the, all the things about the marine biology. I was fascinated of the underwater world, mm. um, which was interesting for me. On the other flip side, I was also fascinated on the human body and how uh, these massive men became just competitors. Mm. I was very intrigued by the physique. Uh, I was very intrigued by muscles. So I'd go and read all the books. Uh, at a young age, <clears throat> excuse me, at 13, I got certified as a scuba diver. I was one of the kids in the swimming pool, always swimming on the bottom of the pool. For whatever reason, I loved being underwater. Um, and The bottom of the pool? Um, what, just, what was it about the bottom of you the know, pool? You know, it's just I always wanted to be underneath everybody. You know, I was, it was a whole different experience. Huh. Right, and the ocean to me is a whole nother world. Yeah, when you put your head under the water, you see a whole nother world that we just really don't understand or don't pay attention to. Yeah. Uh, so at 13, I got certified as a scuba diver. I played all the sports in high school, football, and then I was a competitive boxer and pole vaulter. Boxer. Yeah, just some boxing, uh, and that really got me the discipline aspect of getting up early in the morning, training, because uh, boxing was. Was the practice was at 6.30 in the morning. Mm. Um, and when I graduated high school, I moved to Santa Barbara, really for the ocean. I uh, was a competitive surfer, loved to surf. Um, met a gentleman there, I actually saw a gentleman at a gym. Uh, his name was David Esparza. To this day, I'm very friend, friendly with. Uh, big, big dude. Um, went up to him, said, hey, I want to look like you. How do we do this? He actually brought me under his wing. And at 17, I started training with him. Um, and that became a very, uh, it became for me, it was, it was, uh, something I just enjoyed to do. I enjoyed the discipline aspect of it, working hard. As a result, you get the, you get the, uh, the benefits of looking better. Yep. Right. Um, so at 18, we built our first gym together. With David. With David. Right. It was called Goleta Valley Athletic Club in Goleta, the town of Goleta, which is a little bit north of Santa Barbara. Okay. Um, which was a lot of, a lot of fun for me. I learned a lot. Um, so during college, bodybuilding was a, was a sport that is so disciplined that it kept me so focused through my studies. All my friends would come visit me and they would go out and go to the parties. parties. I would drink or they would drink. I'm sorry. I would work out and go to bed. Even uh, if they would come and visit, you wouldn't break to go drink and go out and, and socialize. You would just pretty much stay focused on your competitions and your own health goals. That's correct. You know, there's times where I was able to go out and have the good times. You're not in prep or whatnot. Yeah. yeah. You know, so the bodybuilding experience, I did four shows. Um, and I'm All in, through college, all right? All through college. On my own. Wow. And at the same time, putting myself through college. Um, I actually won the Santa Barbara title uh, for my weight class in 1991. Um, but I was a competitor that if I didn't win, I wanted to keep going and get better to actually win it. So I was able to win the Santa Barbara title back in 91. Wow. So question on that. You mentioned the discipline about getting up early for boxing. Correct. And then you mentioned the discipline with competing that helped keep you structured 
and hold you accountable. Correct. Do you think that that discipline or the desire to, you, you like the discipline. Most people don't like the discipline. So do you think it was something that you were taught maybe by your father or parents when you were younger? Did you just from the magazine articles with Jacques Cousteau and Arnold or like where do you, did you learn that or do you think it was just something within that it was just you, it was just who you are, it was just your identity? It's you know? a great question. <clears throat> yeah, I think discipline, you, you have to, you're born into it. It's something you can't teach people. You know, you can read about it and you can listen now to these days podcasts how to stay focused. But back in the late 80s and early 90s, you know, there was no internet. So everything that you learned was within or you'd have to read. So mm. for me, it was really all about, uh, I'm a big visionary, right? And, and I feel that I just have a, a mindset of when I see something, I go after it and I want to stay disciplined to it. So you just have to create a lifestyle for yourself, right? And, and I was able to take that mindset through boxing and surfing is an, is an individual sport, right? Right. Bodybuilding is an individual sport, right? What you put into it is what you get out of it. And so you actually have to be that individual to really, if you want to be at the top, you have to stay focused and you have to really just attack it. Um, I've always had that mindset and now to this day, I apply it to my business. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's tough to teach that to individuals, right? Um, so for me, it's really, it's really all about just seeing it, going after it, and evolving through it. So seeing it, since you're a visionary, seeing it is what kind of triggers that emotion to make you want it. And then you understand already that you need to commit yourself fully in order to achieve the success that you want to achieve. So if other people are audio or maybe written inspired the way you're visually inspired, maybe they get inspired differently. That's, right. That's correct. So if if you're not disciplined right now and you want to become disciplined, what would what kind of tips or advice would you have for people that aren't there but want to get to where you are? <clears throat> Excuse me. You gotta you gotta have that vision. You have you gotta see where it is that you want to go. You want to go right. Um, and you gotta. You, I'm all about putting things on paper and seeing and tasking everything out. Yep. And seeing how it is that if you start, when you build a house, you got to build your foundation first. That's it. Right? And so discipline is really the same thing. You have to be able to um, risk the rewards from it and give the opportunity. I like to call it opportunity cost. You give something up to forgo something. Mm. Um, so it's really just how bad an individual wants it. And that's how these pro- I think these professional athletes, they're the ones that stay driven they're focused on the workouts, and that's the difference between great and excellence. Mm. This is really consistency. Um, and discipline is a pretty big word today. Yeah. You know, um, and so you really, it just comes within. It's hard to explain it. Um, you just have to adapt to it and just, per, just persevere. Perseverance, I think, is a big part of how you get to become disciplined. Mm. Those two. And a lot of people aren't disciplined because maybe they don't have that connection to why they're doing it in the first place. Correct. Right? When you really know where you want to go and what you want to do, then you can create that plan that will help get you excited to achieve it. But if you don't really have that path on how you're going to get there, 
it's really hard to get up in the morning when you're tired, right? It's really hard to sacrifice staying away from the chips or the pizza because of these goals if you don't have a clear vision. And it seemed like you really knew what you wanted and you knew what it was going to take to get there. I did. And, and to your point about getting up and to go work out, the discipline aspect of that for me is thinking ahead, the future, meaning I'm, I'm tired. I don't want to work out, but what am I going to feel like when I'm done working out? Mm. That mindset of trying to get your mind around the, the final, final. Before it happens. Before it happens. Yeah. Because I know that once I get out of bed and I get there, when I'm done, I say to myself, thank God I actually did it. So accomplished, yes. ahead of everybody else, That's right. productive day, sets the tone for your day. And most people can't get to that future experience. They're just focused on right here, right now. That's correct. I'm tired right now. I don't want to get up right now, so I'm not going to get up. Right. But when you get up and you feel accomplished, for some reason, people end up falling back into that old mindset of the way they feel right now rather than thinking about how I'm going to feel when I'm done. And so do you think in the beginning when you were younger, you had that mindset of, oh, I'm tired. I'm just not going to get up. And then at some point, you started realizing, I really like the way I feel when I'm done a whole lot more than the way I feel when I first wake up. <clears throat> yeah, I do. I think, but it, growing up, you have to have idols. You have to find somebody you admire. Like a mentor um, or someone that you want to model after. 100%. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger was one of those for me. Mm -hmm. It's a cliche because it's a big name. But sure. for me, I just love the way the physique was. Um, and so I wanted to figure out a way to get to that point. Um, so bodybuilding did that for me, right? I, I was able to know exactly how I wanted to look, how I wanted to feel, but I didn't know how to get there until I met my friend David Esparza. Um, and at that point, that whole process during the bodybuilding years for me really um, helped me start getting into my career path. Because if you can do, if you can discipline enough to work out six days a week, prep your meals, um, make sure that you have enough water intake. Just the whole thing goes around the sport. You can accomplish anything. I agree. There's nothing. There's nothing more difficult than I, I feel is that sport. Yeah. Um, so once you figure that out, I really think that that component you can apply to anything. Life. It goes with your career. Yeah. Right. It's it's what you want to be able to do with yourself. I don't know how people, and this is just me, can get the same paycheck every day. Um, the discipline for an entrepreneur is I want to achieve X amount of financial goals or happiness. Um, and so you want to figure out a way how you can sustain that. Push that ceiling up. Push that ceiling up. Right? Yeah. And that's all up to the individual. And that's what I think back in the days when I was doing the bodybuilding sports, that's what did it for me, is you're, you're challenging yourself. And I think once you can understand how to break that, that fear to challenge yourself and cut that umbilical cord. Yep. Um, then you can accomplish anything. Anything. It's a really big part of who I am, and I, really, I wish more people could think that way. Yeah. My son to this day um, is 15, and I don't push him, but I'm teaching him. And now he's, he's creating a lifestyle for himself, the discipline of he wants to be in the NFL. Yeah. So he's working out uh, with me at 4.30 in the morning, and it's on his own, but you got to teach that. Yeah. Right? It's what it takes. It's what it takes. Yeah. What would you say you are really passionate about right now at this point in your life? So it's, I guess, health and wellness. Just kind of want to go back to my, my upbringing. Mm -hmm. um, 
after college, after doing the bodybuilding shows, you know, I came and I started working back. I came back to Northern California, was working for a company selling fitness equipment. Uh, and during the college years, I was a fitness director, personal trainer. So I started uh, selling fitness equipment for a company, and it was really easy for me to sell. And I remember calling my father and saying, Dad, I can do this. So I decided to leave this individual company and find a way to find used fitness equipment and buy it and resell it. And I think learning those goals, learning the processes behind that enabled me to take uh, used equipment, purchasing it, going to, going to flea markets, reselling it. I ended up building uh, a business from that, which was five fitness equipment stores around the Bay Area. So it was uh, the discipline, the perseverance that goes with it. Um, when I sold those, those stores, that was from 1994 to 2000. Kids and fitness is a big thing for me. I ended up uh, creating a company called Fitwise for Kids. Um, and it was circuit training for kids with a heavy emphasis on nutrition. Uh, it was 1,500 square feet. We did, we opened one up in Northern California. Um, and it actually evolved into something that I created, which was uh, 70 locations throughout the country and in Australia. Um, so when we talk about your vision or what's passionate to me right now, it's always been around the fitness. And it's always been around helping individuals. Um, and I think when you take that structure and you're giving back, um, you can really get a lot in return. Mm -hmm. um, and you can use that to your, your benefits for, as it relates to your business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So in regards to passion, helping individuals, helping kids better understand what it takes to live a healthy lifestyle, as well as creating an environment for them to succeed, to build confidence, to have fun, right? So how do you go from selling equipment on the corner to building five locations where you're selling equipment, and then you go to opening up your own youth fitness franchise model, and then opening it up to 70 locations? So you just had this entrepreneurial just DNA, right? I mean, because most people are in a box and they like being in that comfort box. You, it seems like you don't like being in a box and you want those wings to flap. You want to get creative and you want to just push yourself as far as you can go to make as big of an impact as you can within the health, the health and fitness space, right? That's correct. So, you know, a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs. It's like the cool thing to do nowadays, right? Work your own hours, work your own job, build your own dream, but it's not for everybody. So do you think that the entrepreneur is in your DNA? It's just who you were and you just had that creative mindset to think outside the box and think, oh, well, if I have this, I could do this. And if I have that, I could do this. And then we can do this. Like, were you taught that? Or like, where did you, where did you learn that? <clears throat> That's a great question. So this, you can't teach that. Right, I think it's part of that individual being. I think it's a vision. You know, everybody has a vision. Everybody that you speak to wants to be a millionaire. If you know, everybody wants to have pleasure and all the shiny cars, all, all the big homes. Right? So, but the actions speak louder than words, right? So, for me, it was just seeing something and figuring out how I can get to that point. I learned a lot. I embrace information. My mentor, David Esparza, 
uh, back doing, as I mentioned, Santa Barbara. He taught me bodybuilding, and then we ended up building this gym together through, for an individual for this company. I learned, I took a lot of that information, and I applied that to my next phase, right? So for me, it's all about seeing something, understanding it, building a plan around it, and executing it. It just comes within, mm. you know, and people have to, I think the number one thing um, today's age, it's, it's you have to be able to have faith in your ability. And that's where people just can't, they, they don't challenge themselves with that. Mm. Um, and I think it's really important to be able to see yourself, go after it and figure out a way to get there, mm. you know, mm. um, and it's, 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 it, it's a natural instinct for me. My brother, his, his own hair, he has his restaurants. He owns restaurants. Uh, my sister is a top producer in real estate. So our families is just, all we do is, is draw own businesses. What about your dad or mom? Were they business owners as well? Or were they nine to five blue collar workers? Yeah, my father, we were, he had, we were in the food business. We had a, a really substantial candy manufacturing business. So it was a family business. So mm -hmm. I learned, he was a mentor of mine as well. But he was adopted into the business. Got it. Right? Or when they sold it, I had to figure out what I wanted to do. And it's all about passion, right? If, you, if you're passionate about something and you really want it, you have to learn. And you have to go after it. Um, so that's what I was able to do with it. The fitness side, I can't go out and sell cars. Mm. I can't sell copiers. Um, but as it relates to this industry that I'm in, I've been in for 30 years. Um, I can really see and help the visions around anything that revolves around the fitness comes really natural for me. Got it. Yeah. And you had the personal experience with it, so you understood the value of it, and you wanted everybody else to experience that feeling. That's correct. Right? Yeah. So when it comes to fitness business, you've had the experience as an athlete and as a trainer, and then opening up multiple businesses, right? If you're now a gym designer and you build gyms for a living and you also manage gyms all over the place. You've dealt with a lot of personal trainers, a lot of group instructors, a lot of coaches. Um, what would you say are the top three skills that, let's just say a personal trainer, what are the top three skills that you think a personal trainer needs to have or needs to learn in order to be a successful personal trainer? Because there's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of Joe Blows. There's a lot of average Joes. There's a lot of people that shouldn't be a personal trainer. And then there's those ones that are just different breed, right? So if you were just to say three skills, what are just three skills that you think a trainer needs to have in order to be a, a phenomenal trainer? It's <clears throat> a great question. Excuse me. Grab some water yeah. if you need to. Yeah. It's a little, little scratchy. It's okay. Give me two seconds. Yep. You've been opening up gyms lately, so you've been all over the place. You've been busy. You've been talking a lot. Yeah, so, yeah. It's a, so going back to your initial question, I think the number one successful to be a trainer is willing, the, the willingness to learn more. Trainers have a mindset, in my opinion, that once they get to that point as a trainer, they don't allow any more new information to come in. Um, so they have to always keep learning and stay up to date with the, the newest and greatest uh, trends or science. Yeah, no egos. Yeah, you know, trainers have a lot of egos, and you got to make sure you leave that at the door. Um, you could be a really good trainer. <clears throat> the aspect of are you really good business individuals, right? So you have to manage your own business. 
as I build some of these gyms, my, my expertise is working with that personal training department and really understanding the individual trainer. But the number one question I ask these trainers is if you have to make $5,000 a month, what does that look like for you? Mm-hmm. And see if they can articulate that to me on what does that take, how many sessions that they have to be able to service, what their sales look like, right? So trainers have to be their own entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. right? So they can be, like I said, they can be really good trainers, but they just can't manage their business. So mm-hmm. they have to understand that big, the biggest portion is, is management mm-hmm. of their own business. Um, personality, egos, managing your business, and then really delivering the results to the individuals. Now, you can, you can be a trainer in the gym and deliver results and, 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 and sell training, but can that same trainer open up their own studio, mm. right? And that's a whole different... Whole different ballgame. Whole different ballgame for personal trainers. Yeah. So do you have to, at that point, do they, do they have the vision, do they have the mindset to be able to understand the, the business acumen that it takes to really, you know, step forward and operate a business. Mm. There's a lot of a lot of things. I mean, people open up gyms and think it's the easiest business in the world, right? Right. But there's a lot of things that go with the gym. Uh-huh. Um, so you just really have to, you know, keep your mind involved with what you're doing on day to day basis. Mm-hmm. Um, stay connected to your people, and then really operate your business in a professional manner. Mm-hmm. Why do you think most trainers have that closed off mentality. Maybe they get the certification or they get the degree, they have some experience under the belt training clients, and then they sort of just say, you know what, I just need the job, I just wanna change lives, I don't need input, I don't need education, I don't need coaching. What, what, could, what would you say to that individual? I mean, they're, they're kind of putting a ceiling on their potential, right? Correct. Because nobody ever knows it all. Even the most educated understand that they don't know it all. Especially as time goes, fitness evolves, and if you're not staying with the trends as time goes on, you're going to get left behind. That's just, that's just how it works, right? So what would you say to a trainer that thinks they know it all? You know, I mean, what, what would you say to them? Because it sounds like to me, being a trainer is just one component of it. Changing somebody's life, getting somebody motivated to show up for a workout, getting them to see results is one thing, but then managing the business. Tra- most trainers are passionate about fitness, and about changing people's lives, but they don't want to sell, right? They've got this friction with selling because now it's a sale and I don't want to sell somebody something. I just want to change their life. Well, but how do you change their life if you don't sell them something, right? So how do you find that balance between inspiring a trainer to want to learn, but also how do you inspire them to want to take more time and energy and put it into their business? So trainers, believe it or not, don't have the confidence you think that they, that you would think they should have. Meaning like you go to a doctor and the doctor tells you, you need to hop on the scale and you immediately hop on the scale, right? Or they do, they do your, your baseline testing, all your vital signs, right? Trainers should have that same mindset. Um, and trainers, I feel a lot of them, they don't take advantage of their, of, of their credentials and take advantage of why they're a trainer, mm. right? And they have to have that same mindset. Most trainers don't take control of their clients, 
and that's really important to understand, where they let their they, they let the clients run their business for them. Mm. They have to be more authoritative toward, to their clients and let them know that this is how, if you want my time, you want me to del deliver the results, this is what you need to do. Right. And that's a big hurdle for a lot of trainers to understand. Um, and I think once you can kind of crack that code with them, they, they their mindset shifts to something that they have more control of their business, right? There's a lot of trainers that they tell me, you know, I can't get measurements because they, they don't want, their clients don't want to see how much they weigh. Well, that's just an excuse. Mm -hmm. So right then and there, I'm trying to understand, well, why are you letting that individual tell you, your client, that they don't, that they don't want to be tested when you know you need baseline, right? Yeah. You're the professional. You're, You're the, the professional. expert. They're in your world. Correct. You tell them what you need right. in order for you to get them to where they, they want to go. They undervalue themselves, mm. right? Trainers do. So once you, we can manage that process with them and they can really understand how important taking control, even the little things is, is, is with the trainers is scheduling. Yeah. Right. Scheduling your clients. Yeah. Um, trainers don't love them. They don't do that. They Work schedule out. each week at a time. Yeah. Versus really understanding how to schedule people out. Yeah. It's just managing time, managing, managing your business. schedule, managing the business. Yeah. Trainers don't have a lot of experience in that. And you know, to be fair to the trainers, a lot of these corporate health clubs and a lot of these fitness managers don't have experience managing a fitness business, but maybe they were one of the top producers as a trainer and they got promoted up to the management level. So these lower trainers or newer trainers, less experienced trainers, don't really have a whole lot of coaching and guidance from qualified professionals either. So it's more of just this numbers game, pushing numbers down your throat, gives a lot of trainers a bad experience right, a, a bad taste in their mouth about being a trainer. And so they just try to go out on their own and do their own thing and then they're not successful at it. And then they end up quitting and then they just go into some nine to five that they're not really passionate about or maybe they just didn't really not ever end up making a whole lot of money. So, you know, what you're saying is, is I mean, you have to understand going into it, not only do you enjoy the passion behind changing people's lives and fitness, but you need to also take just as equal of effort into the business if you ever wish to sustain this as as a career. 100%. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, 100%. I mean, trainers, again, they're, they're only as good as, as, as what they put into it, right? Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a tough battle for them to really, it's the number one position in the health club that turns mm. trainers. They come in, they think they can do it, they're, they're thrown into the into a big pool and they really realize it's harder than they expected mm. and one of the one of the misses is that the development of them right so it's hard to find an individual a company that embraces trainers and and, and you invest in your trainers mm. um, and so when you're able to do that if you build a successful gym um, and you have a personal training department it's really important that you're able to invest into every trainer and make sure that they have all their correct tools and they have all the correct education to handle their business as it relates to sales, you know, purchasing fitness, um, as it relates to re-sign. Um, and so it's something that we, the most companies don't take, don't take it too seriously, mm -hmm. um, which I believe that when you look at it as, as a, at a high level, you really need to pay attention uh, on what the trainers actually really do um, in terms of how they handle their business, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's why, you know, trainers, I, I really feel they don't succeed 
because they 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 don't get they don't yield the results that they want to financially. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a problem. Big problem. That's a problem. The last thing you want is a non-passionate trainer coaching somebody on how to on how to change their life or if they don't understand how to get that client from point A to point B or how to manage that relationship, they're going to waste that client's money, they're going to be wasting that client's time, they're going to be wasting their own time, and then they're going to end up jumping ship and just, just going somewhere else. Right? Yeah, so part of my company, Wellfit, as you know, Sean, you yes, and I, I uh, we have IBM, right? We're with them. So we look at trainers there in the corporate wellness side. So ideally, trainers should embrace whatever they can in a, in a box gym and learn as much as they can. And I believe the next step for a trainer to, to kind of go to the next level is going off to the corporations, right? Because now you go from a structured place where members are coming in. By box, you mean like a 24 Equinox, correct. Crunch, yep. a big box kind of corporate health club. That's correct. Right, they have that structure. <clears throat> so we do with WellFit, we have trainers that go on site to these companies, right? And what, what, what's our biggest challenge is we're trying to get them to promote themselves mm. and sell themselves to the employees. Mm-hmm. Where trainers just, they don't, most of them don't have that passion to be self-motivators. Mm. Although it's a paradox because trainers are motivated, they're, 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 they motivate themselves to work out. But to motivate themselves to, to grow their business, it's completely different. It is. Right? And so that's the business side. And so for me growing up, as, as, as I stated earlier, and being a visionary and an entrepreneur, I'm able to incorporate all that. Right? I'm, I'm able to incorporate the fitness side, but then I'm also able to incorporate the business aspect of it and really understand how to get from point A to point B. Um, and you just got to put the time into it. A good CEO is not just the CEO. A good CEO surrounds themselves with all the other people around them, which makes that CEO the best. Yeah. Right. And successful trainers are the same way. They have the good mentors, and it's about the team that they can all learn from each other. But you have to have somebody coach them on the way. Mm. Mm. Really important. So you've been in the industry for over 30 years now. Yeah, 32. Right? Crazy. And you've seen a lot evolve in the fitness space. What would you say, if you were to kind of summarize how gyms have changed over the years, mm. how, what have you seen from where it's been to where it is now, even to where maybe you think it's going? <clears throat> wow, that's a great question. Uh, old school mentality, iron everywhere, right? Uh, one big room, equipment everywhere, heavy lifting, very little bit about science behind fitness. Mm. Um, <clears throat> now... It's evolved over, I mean, let's be honest, I think it's a $20 billion industry. Multi-billion. Right? So, obviously, they're doing something right. Yeah. But we've evolved to the boutique fitnesses. Orange Theories, Barry's Boot Camps. Right. Paying top dollar, $189 a month for 2,400 square feet. You go in for one class, and most of the times you have to book yourself three weeks in advance, or you can't get in, but you're still paying $189. Uh, a lot of gyms are now, the, the successful ones, like we've done at Sonoma Fit, this gym we're sitting in right now is, is exactly with their model, right? Three boutique fitnesses under one roof, really giving the audience um, something for everybody. Mm. A lot of functional fitnesses, I think the industry is shifting into the functional fitness. So when you go into gyms, you get less equipment, the big machines, and more open space. Mm. Turf. 
Correct. Mm -hmm. Racks, yeah. medicine balls. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, and it's evolving. It's constantly evolving. Mm -hmm. um, so, but personal training is always going to be there. People need to, they need the assistance, right? And so you really need to have that department in, in these facilities. Mm -hmm. um, so big successful gyms are incorporating now all these different style boutique fitnesses in them. Mm. So rather than just having a, a spin class business, you have a spin class business within a high-end boutique health club. So as a member, you not only can take a spin class, but you can go and take yoga, you can go and take Room X, which is like a group high-intensity interval circuit training, or you can just use the general gym as like a regular member at any other gym, right? So let's talk about WellFit a little bit. Okay. So how long has WellFit been around? What is the mission? What's the vision? You know, tell the people a little bit about where well, how wealth is started, where it is, and where, where it is that you want it to go. Yeah, and no, I appreciate that question. So, um, you know, after opening up my own fitness equipment stores, after doing a franchise for kids' fitnesses, uh, I worked a lot with uh, InShape Health Clubs. I worked at 24-Hour Fitness helping them. So understood the corporate worlds of these big clubs. For me, WellFit uh, well is, is a model that is near and dear to, to, to myself, but with three basic divisions, right? I think the consulting and management side is, is, is key. I love uh, the vision of helping under-challenged gyms that are existing, that are need help, mm -hmm. going into them, seeing how we can reinvent their facility, make it better. I also enjoy, we have a division, the same part of that division, taking uh, a, a blank space and creating a whole, lot, a whole new facility for an individual. Design, layouts, infrastructure. Um, and we basically will put all that whole package together for the individual, which is really important. A lot of people want to open up gyms, um, but they just don't have the wherewithal to understand all the different components. So at WellFit, what we can do is we, we package it up and we do, we do the design work, we do the procurement side of the equipment, and we'll do the management side and get the facility up and running. Mm. Uh, the other component is the corporate wellness side, which is really my favorite. Um, going into these big companies, we created a culture at IBM, right? Um, where we go in and help these employers bring a culture to the company. And, and mindfulness, wellness, fitness, uh, and being part of that business. Um, so that is, to me, is really special. We like to do lunch and learns. We like to educate. We're big educators. Mm -hmm. We like to go and educate executives to the lowest end of the of the totem pole in these companies. Mm -hmm. um, we work with property management companies, right? So we go into the big developers. Uh, they have their fitness facilities for their homeowners. Mm -hmm. uh, we like to bring our programs into them mm -hmm. and work with them directly, the HOAs. Mm -hmm and put together programs for them. Running yoga classes, running personal training services, running boot camps, running any kind of amenity that there's a demand for. That's right. Yeah. And it's interesting because now, you know, it's all about production. So employees are getting, you know, sick, not motivated, injured. So how do you fix that? What is the element that is the, to help these people, right? And it's fitness. All the way. Right? It's, it's bringing, a, bringing energy into these companies and teaching them. IBM, I keep going back to IBM because it's such a Cinderella story for us. Yep. We went in on a pilot program uh, running 12 classes a week. 
they were going to subsidize 50%. Uh, they had 1,400 employees. They were skeptical on doing it. Uh, in less than six months, we're running 50 classes a week, changing the culture. Now, we're talking, we're the minorities there. We have Indians and Chinese who don't do any fitness. Deconditioned, intimidated by the fitness space. Right. So now, IBM, we're the best thing since sliced bread for them. Yeah. So for us, it's, and that's why I do it. That's why you do it. That's why we're sitting here, yeah. um, because of it's 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 that's the reward. It's the way it makes you feel, man. Yeah. It's very fulfilling to yeah. see this culture shift. Right. People that were walking down the hallway with their heads down are now walking by, high fiving each other. So I want to go back a little bit, fit wise for kids. It all starts at our youth, right? As it did for me, as it did for you. Um, when you can penetrate these kids and build self-esteem. Now we're talking adults. Yeah. It's no difference. Yeah. So FitWise for Kids was a place where these kids could go and they can do a full workout, circuit style, and feel that they accomplished something. And with that, what I brought to the towns, I was in 16 states with that, is where you get this obese kid that goes to the same school with this high athlete. You put them together in the same program, and guess what happens? They both finish the same program. That kid that was obese, is walking out of that room with his head up high with this complete different mindset. Mm. And over time, that becomes a lifestyle for him because he got that sense of accomplishment. Yeah, belonging, right? accomplishment, confidence, self-esteem. Camaraderie. Yeah. Right? Teamwork. Teamwork. Yeah. So those two kids now are high-fiving each other at school where they would never hang out in school. Right. So corporate wellness is the same thing. Same thing. Right. You bring these people that are deconditioned, you teach them, when we went there, we were frowned upon. They feared us, yeah. right? Now they love us. Yeah. So it's education. Yeah. And that's the component that I think a lot of people don't want to put the time into. Meaning a well-fit, for example, we put the time into it. We want to educate. A lot of people that try to do what we do, um, they skip that and they're unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. And so that, I think that means the world of difference that we actually are delivering these results and, and, and it's quantifiable to them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's um, so those are the three components of, of WellFit. We have the, the corporate wellness side, the consulting and management, you know, and, 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 the and, and the design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the Sonoma Fit locations real quick. Okay. So we're sitting in the Sonoma Fit Petaluma location. Correct. Right? There are now three locations open. Yeah. There's going to be a fourth one coming at the end of the year. Explain your role in this, in Sonoma Fit. How did you get it launched? How did you get it to scale? And now you're opening up a fourth location. You just opened up your third location this past Monday. Congratulations, by the way. Huge success so far. Great owners. Great owners. I mean, so I met the owners four years ago. Great great couple. they had a small little cycle TRX studio in, in Sonoma. And the, the owner, Adam, great businessman, um, had a location. We, we discussed the location. They were all about group fitness. I was all about strength. And we tried to figure out, come to the meetings of the minds, how we can put together this particular business. Uh, and we were very successful together. And that's where ego, you asked me earlier about trainers, right? Mm. Where egos go away when you have to be open-minded. Mm. Once you're open-minded and you you understand and you can listen to people 
and, and, and bring in new information and, and make something happen, things evolve. Just like takes it to the next level. Takes it right. to the next level. Yeah. So we were, we were able to do that. So we started Sonoma Fit four years ago uh, in Sonoma. And, you know, I, we did the design work. I helped build the infrastructure, uh, helped bring the team on. And Adam and his wife, Jenny, uh, did all the other work. I mean, they're totally hands-on. How big is it? How many trainers are there? So the uh, first location is 15,000 square feet. Uh, the second location is about 18,000. And then Novato is 20,000. Uh, we're running about a total of three locations. Now, Sonoma is a very small town. So altogether, we have about probably 15 trainers in three locations. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're really successful. Mm-hmm. They, got a great, they got a great membership base. Uh, they got a great model. It's uh, it's something to be reckoned with. I mean, they're they have a really big opportunity. Um, they care about their members, mm-hmm. right? And that's the difference. You actually care about your members. Um, it goes a long way. Yeah. You, yeah. you you set up your model where you want members to come versus you want to sell. Most gyms sell memberships and hope you never come. Right. Right. Yeah. Complete opposite. Yeah. So we're excited to. Uh, Sonoma Fit has some legs right now. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned to me the other day, I mean, I was here for the Petaluma grand opening. Yeah. It, was, it was amazing. There were already a ton of members signed up before you even opened the doors. And then this new location in Novato, you did a pre-sale campaign and you actually had 1,200, if I'm not mistaken, Correct. members signed up before you even opened the doors. Yeah, we opened on Monday, which, uh, what is it, March 2nd. Yeah. Open on Monday now, I think we're, they're at 1,250 members. Now, do you think the previous Sonoma Fits, the brand, the buzz, and it being all within kind of a similar region, that that played a big role? Or do you think it was kind of more of just the marketing strategy? Or what, what would you give kudos <clears throat> to to be so successful before you even opened up? Well, Adam, the owner, marketing guru, for mm. sure, knows how to do the marketing. Just getting that message out yeah. there. Yeah. And the reputation. Mm. It's amazing um, how quickly your reputation can evolve. I mean, or tarnish if it's not a good reputation, right? Yeah, I mean, this, this, these guys have their Yelp reviews out of control, five star Yelps, right? So, Nevada, the people heard about it, and, and it's just like we, we must have taken 500 people just from an Orange Theory in a local town of Nevada. Um, but it's the reputation. Reputation is everything. It is. You got to deliver results. Yep. Right. You got to have good ownership that are that are engaged with the business. That that's, care. Right. That's number one. Yep. Right. Especially in this industry. Yeah. In in gyms, if the owners are not engaged, things can fall real quick. Nothing recedes faster than success, Sean. Mm. Right. Mm. My dad taught me that one. Yeah. You can be at the top one day, and overnight you can lose it. Mm. What would you say, one thing I know that you take a lot of pride in is being present. Whether it's your own business or if you're managing the Sonoma Fit, you have this just desire to be present, to give it your all. If you're not here, you feel like you need to be here. What, what makes you take so much pride in, in your businesses? Uh, so you asked some really good questions, by the way. <laughs> I'm really curious. Yeah, no, so uh, I think you nailed it. Um, excuse me, it's interesting because I'm really hands-on and I I genuinely care about what I do Um, and I know that success bleeds the ownership, right? And 
if you if you're involved in everything, my father knew was, was uh, did business with Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart. Mm. And my dad told me this story real quick. And he met him in his office. He had a very humble man, you know, number one retailer in the world, right? He had this really small office, linoleum floor, metal desk. This is Sam Walton. He told my father he spends 10% of his time in this office, and he said that's 10% too much. Mm. All, the, all your work is down in the trenches. For me, um, I have to be hands-on. I have to understand what's going on. I have to know what's going on. I have to see it. Um, and, and, you know, well-fit, I'm always, I try the best I can to be present so people know who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Sonoma Fit, I do the best that I can to be by Adam and Jenny's side and really work with the people here. But it's something that you just have to understand. And again, you gotta put the time in, Yeah. right? If you don't put the time into your business and you don't know what's going on in your business, you're really not gonna go far, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So knowledge is power, um, and you, but you have to know really what's going on. Yeah. Right? The only way you can know is to be here. You have to be here. Yeah. And, and it goes back to the successful trainers. Yeah. You know, trainers, they, they come to the gym when they have appointments and they leave. Mm. It means nothing to me. Right. I want to see trainers in Sonoma Fit that are here because they got to be present. Yep. Right. That's where opportunities take place. Yep. It's all about opportunities. Yep. Just planting the seeds, build relationships, become a known authority in this space, whether you're training a client or not. Just the desire to be present really makes all the difference in the world. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So I've always been that way. I've always been hands-on. Yeah. You know, and I always have, for me, as, as, as an owner, as a, as a mentor to people, working with trainers, biggest key for me is open-door policy. Mm. I always tell people that they can come to me about anything and everything um, because if I don't have you positive in the work environment, if you have some noise making outside of here – and you, want to, you have no one to talk to, you can always talk to me, because mm. I need you 100%. Yeah. Right? Yep. And so to be 100%, you have to be able to, you have to, be able to discuss things you with people. You have to have a voice. Yeah, yeah. man. So, so I need to know what's going on with our peeps, um, because if I don't, you know, you can have adverse effects. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, so I'm a true believer in that. And I never had anybody quit on me in my companies, which is, you know, knock on wood, um, I've had to let people go. Just based on it took a lot of my time to do that because I really don't like doing that. Mm-hmm. But I also give them a fair opportunity to see how they can get better. Right. But in terms of people actually quitting, I'm thankful that I've never had that opportunity. That's amazing. Yeah. It says a lot. Right. And yeah. so I appreciate that. But it's how you, you reciprocation is everything, yeah. right? Recognition is everything. Yeah. You gotta be able to recognize talent. You mm-hmm. gotta be recognize success. If people had to come to me for a raise, then I didn't do my job. Right. 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 I didn't really realize how good you really were. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It goes a long way. So I know your voice is, you're doing really good right now. It's sticking with us, but I don't want to, I don't want to drag this on. So I just have a couple more quick questions for you. Where could people find you and how can they support you? So I know wellfitbayarea.com, right? Your website, Uh, you're on social. Like if people have questions, how, how would you like them to reach out to you? Wellfitbayarea.com. Is the best way, or worn at wellfitbayarea.com for your email. Email. Yep. Hundred percent. Okay. And I would love questions and opportunities to answer and help people. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything specific that Wellfit is looking for right now? So, is there anything that Wellfit is looking to bring on? I know 
you know, we, we have multiple corporate wellness programs, multifamily housing developments that we're managing. What, what would you say if, if somebody was out there, what are we looking for? Well, we're looking for, well, we, our business is very scalable. So if any companies that need our assistance in bringing in a culture of fitness professionals, definitely, mm-hmm. right? Um, we, can, we, we have the ability to be in multiple states with it. Um, so any, any people that want to develop business plans and open up their own business, right. we, they, we can help them with that. That's a big thing. And that might be for the next time that we're on an episode is business plans. Yeah. A lot of people want to build a gym, have a dream, have a vision, but they don't know how to put it on paper so they can get the lending that they need for it. Correct. But also, how do they know that it's going to be successful, yeah. right? And that is one thing that WellFit does is we help the trainers and the boot camp instructors that are maybe training in their garage or training at a corporate health club that have the desire and passion to want to learn the business and open up their own business. They don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. And so that is one of the very foundational components of WellFit is to help fitness entrepreneurs develop a business plan that caters to their vision and their dreams, and then we put it on paper so that they can get the lending for it, so then we can get the equipment, get the flooring, get the lighting, build the space. Yeah. But then once the space is built, now what are you planning on doing once that door, once those doors open? What kind of experience do you want to create? What kind of staffing? What kind of programming? How much revenue are we trying to generate compared to how much are we spending, right? I mean, you go from concept to completion, but then even beyond, you go to the management and the ongoing operations. Yes, hundred percent. Right? You know, we had an, we had, uh, we did an opportunity. We actually helped a couple out in Oregon. Yes, right? level up, level up. Uh, they had their business plan. We dissected it, we corrected it, and now they got funding. Yeah. So um, that's the basics. But then soup to nuts. Yeah. Right. The whole nine. Yeah. That's what I really want. I really want. I really want to be involved in more corporations, though. Okay. I really enjoy that. You know, okay. I think we had that. That is a big miss for a lot of companies. Mm. That if they take the time and they really understand how important it is to bring that amenity, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. to the company, um, it really the company itself will gain tenfold. Mm-hmm. I mean, anywhere from cost reduction on the premiums for health insurance. Right. Right. So it goes from insurance premiums dropping, and then less sick time, more productivity. Uh, better engagement, and your company is running 20% better. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So for anybody that works in a corporate environment, that has a beat-down gym with some old equipment in it, that doesn't get a lot of use, or if there's no trainers or group classes or any kind of management in the wellness space, that's what WellFit does. Yeah, right? sales, operations, everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Uh, if there's any corporate employees or corporate executives out there looking to revamp or build out your fitness space, wellfitbayarea.com, contact us, and we would love to see if you're a good fit. Uh, last question. What is, two-part question, okay. what is your relationship with failure, and why do you think most people fail when it comes to their health and fitness? Ooh, man. Those are good questions. Uh, my relationship with failure is there's I don't have one, meaning I don't fail. 
I don't, I don't have that mindset. I, I learn from it. I think of failing, anything you do, you fail, you learn. So it's not really failure, right? You, 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 it's a life lesson, and you get better from that. So for me, because people fail, and then they, they fold up, and they, they, they give Quit. up. Yep. <clears throat> so if anything that fails with me, I take a step back, I process it, I learn, and I do it 10 times better. Mm. Right? Um, failure towards, give me the other question. Why do you think most people fail when it comes to their health and fitness? The individual. We talked about your very first question, discipline. Right? I mean, you gotta, you can't, you have to, it's lazy being disciplined um, and making smart choices, right? Um, look, I mean, it's so easy to sleep in. It's so easy to go get that fast food. Mm-hmm. But if you really look at, and you gotta educate yourself about it. So you just have to have that mindset. It goes down to mindset, 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 right? And drive. It's, it's don't have it. You have to. Fitness is too important, John. Right? It's just it's exercise is medicine. Yes. Right. And so you have to be able to understand that. And I think it's 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 twofold. I think again, it's people look at it as, as, as time and convenience. Right? They don't have enough time in their day. Uh, it's not convenient. Right? Well, those two things for me don't exist. Mm-hmm. So for me, I get up at four thirty every morning. And because I don't have enough time during the day. Right. So I got to make time. It's only so much time in the day. Right. Yeah. So just you got to you got to start somewhere and people need to understand that they have to uh, put aside time for themselves. And if they don't do that, then failure comes, Mm. I believe, because you have to understand that your time is sacred and you have to give your time for yourself to get better. Mm. Mm. You know, so, and again, failure to me, it's, you, you just learn from it. Failure is a learning lesson. It's not um, a failure. Yeah. What would you say failure would be? You know, I don't mean to be cliche and ride your back on it, but I look at it as the exact same thing. I'm not afraid to fail. Yeah. I don't look at failure as a loss. I look at it, at it as an opportunity to get better. Right. And so I'm not afraid to take the risk because... I don't look at failure as a loss. And I think most people are afraid to lose. They're, they get discouraged, they get down, they get embarrassed, they're afraid of the judgment, right? There's all these other reasons that maybe people, you know, don't want to lose or don't want to fail. And it's become a stigma that has really stopped us in our tracks from truly pursuing our, our dreams. And so I think just, you know, the lesson learned. It's not a failure. You don't fail. You only fail when you quit. Yeah. Right. You know, I just and we I kind of brushed on a little bit, <clears throat> and and I apologize for saying if if there's people out there that work like this, but for me, going commuting two hours a day one way, going to a job maybe you're in a cubicle, and you're sitting there all day, and you're commuting back two hours. I think people need to take a step back and understand why they're doing that. Mm. Meaning that people need to take risk. You got to be able to take risk to get two steps forward. You may fall backwards, but believe in yourself, believe in your ability, see that vision, and you chase it. You know, and and life is short. You just got to go after it. You know, and you hear it all the time in the SB awards. 
all these great athletes that won these awards, they talk about how much sacrifice that they made to get to that point. It's all about sacrifice. That's it. Right? That's it. And business is nothing different, man. You have to believe in your ability. Mm. And that's where I think a lot of us fail. They don't have that self-worth or confidence they can do it. You'll be surprised if you're back against a wall what you can do. What you can do. Yeah. 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 Warren, my man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, brother. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you for having me. We'll absolutely do this again soon. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for listening to this episode with Warren Gindel. We talked a lot about thinking outside the box, the importance of discipline, and how to succeed in life and in business. Warren dropped some fire for you, so I really hope you took some notes and studied them like there's no tomorrow. But there's so much value in this episode, my friends, so I'm grateful for Warren taking his time to join us and share his wisdom with us. If you have any questions for Warren or want to learn more about WellFit, you can go to wellfitbayarea.com and contact him. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to us, the Health Before Fitness podcast, and share this with one friend right now. Knowledge is power and sharing is caring. If you'd like to receive some Monday motivation to get your week started off right, then you'll want to subscribe to our weekly newsletter, WellFit Weekly where we share the latest podcast episodes, its show notes, along with top trending fitness and business topics, healthy nutrition recipes, workouts, and so much more. So if you go to the website, wellfitbayarea.com, you'll see a big white box on the homepage. Make sure you enter your email, hit submit, and that's it. We want to remove all friction and have every social channel available to you for your convenience so you can access the Helpful for Fitness mindset any day, anytime. We love you so very much. Thank you for listening and we'll see you real soon.